0: We make all these movies, but I can't do no acting. Always at the baggage claim, but I ain't do no packing. This meal that I've been out here chasing, they come with no nappies. I can't do no capping. Change it rapping. We make all these movies, but I can't do no acting. Always at the baggage claim, but I ain't do no packing. This meal that I've been out here chasing, they come with no nappies. No 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 yeah, I just love the barbershop, yeah. fam. You know, ain't no cap on no me. Like a waist train, I came with the strap on me. Jock Queen sent me a tray. Now I'm running laps on beats. Stayed down, kept the real cheese. ain't never going outside. Before I go broke, getting fly like airlines. Charging for the bags. I got three daughters and a wife. I look like wearing bags. I ain't knocking nobody else, but I ain't wearing a purse as a dad. Underground king like Chad. Scars on my face like red. Wanting stripes, now you in a box. Burberry. Putting in work, still at the meals like this. Uh, I can't do no capping, change and rapping. We make all these movies, but I can't do no acting. Always at the baggage claim clean, but I ain't do no packing. These mills that I been out just chasing, they come with no nappies. I can't do no capping, change and rapping. Eat, Bon appetit. Tell the service, bring the check. like the necklace in the silverware. They can keep. I'm aware they're asleep. I'm in the air. They beneath. I'm prepared. I'm a beast. LeBron James in the East. I'm everywhere they never be. Yeah, yeah. Better than they ever be. But focus on the better me. getting the kids are trying to run up a meal. so I can leave my kids the recipe. Yeah, yeah. Walking in the therapy to talk about the jealousy. Thinking of a master plan to get paid a cool like Rod Kim and Eric B. Yeah, yeah. Take my pedal. OG, I'm a legend. You got it, man. What's what's popping? What's popping? What's popping?
1: You got it, man. I hear in these Tate read streets.
0: Man, mad about the boy Tate today. Uh Tate Jonathan. Yeah, it means I seen somebody had the post with him responding yeah. to some Facebook message. No, it was fake, but that joke was hilarious.
1: Yeah. yeah, they wouldn't let my boy BP get in there, man. But uh, BP, be out there, man. Just hold on, he ain't got but four more years. Just come on back. And what's this, 2026, 2027? Come on
0: back. Boy, and, uh, that's a long fold, man. House, yeah, man. <laughs> Hoping for a different outcome, but I
1: guess. Hey, hey, man! Mississippi, gonna Mississippi. Yeah, time. But nevertheless, time. man, we back. Episode forty-one: Breaking the Silence with Michaela Banks, bro.
0: Yes, sir, man. Oh, I'm looking forward to this conversation tonight. A lot of questions. I have a lot of questions, you know, a lot of stuff I want to know. Maybe yeah. some people in the audience want to know as well. So you know, I'm ready to get into it. But before we get into it, like you said, it's episode 41, Breaking the Silence with Michaela Banks. Uh, here at Sticks and Stones, our mission is they stories a story of positive impact and inspire listeners through our podcast. We connect people with ideas for the better. We highlight diverse voices and share stories of those improving our community. So join us as we the space. all right now we can get it yeah man by. yeah
1: tonight's show is uh brought to you by mr chazay mccaskill chaz fades uh Chase is a licensed master barber phone number 662-288-3692 at, at the enhanced Barber Shop, 2317 west university drive out there in what Denton, Texas.
0: Denton, Texas. He like an hour from me. I need to pull up on my boy soon. And give me another chop. Yeah. It yeah, get hard. Only cutting your hair in the, in the crib by yourself sometime. You know how that be.
1: Yes, sir. So uh, like I said, man, we'd like to thank Cheze for being uh our second uh sponsor of Stick Sticks and Stones. And uh, like I said, we're still uh running the special through uh november the 22nd so y'all holler at us and uh we can uh get your business out
2: there
0: so let's show you man yeah so uh without further ado we're gonna go ahead and hop into this episode and again this is episode 41 breaking the silence with michaela banks we're gonna go ahead and bring michaela on we get that audience clapping real quick you know what i'm saying <laughs> McKayla, what up? What's up? Hey.
3: How
1: y'all doing? We good. Good, good. We see you got the the, 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 the background,
0: you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll that that make- might
0: be the hardest backdrop I see far. Oh, I, I so. thank, so. thank you,
2: Amazon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, appreciate you taking our time, you know, out of your schedule. You know you're very busy. And uh, just sit down and come, you know, rap with us for a minute. So, definitely appreciate you. Well,
3: thank, y'all y'all. thank
0: y'all for having me. Thank y'all for having me. an honor, yeah. yeah, it's an honor to have you. Like joy said, yeah, hey, so y'all out there in the audience, make sure y'all follow our social media, all the links in the comments. And then, if you're trying to book, you want to book the look, you know what I'm saying, Michaela link the kayla link is in the comments as well so uh later on in the segment we're gonna put that on the screen. so you know what i'm saying make sure y'all tap in
1: yes sir yeah but we, we're gonna jump into the glam a little bit later but first of all we're gonna get started with a little segment we like to call three the hard way uh so Mikayla,
2: yes if your
1: life had a theme song what would it be and why
2: oh
3: y'all it's 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 over like song but it's always been it's always, my song is really close to me but y'all remember the song i can't remember the name of the artist, but it was the show the show goes on all right already the show so you on. play fiasco yeah, yeah that's it so um i would have to say that, it, like since i was a kid when i first heard that song that song has always been a motivation to me because even when things go on in life like the show must go on and this has always been you know a word for me like no matter what happens you know we have bumps and bruises in the road and stuff like that but the show gotta go on and you gotta keep pushing and it must get done
0: yeah we we a few minutes in we already got the word for tonight Hey, look, I, I saw your brother post earlier,
1: so he said he said, just, oh, he said yeah. he bring the word. So we we just wait.
2: Hey,
0: first question we have a word already, so yeah, so uh, show sure, definitely uh, must go on. I definitely did that, and I don't, I don't know if I could answer that. Yeah, my uh, my
1: second question is what's the weirdest talent or skill that you possess that not many people know about?
3: Ooh. <laughs> so, y'all, I discovered as a kid that I was dough joining in my fingers, so I can make him do this. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I can do.
1: Rest in peace, Miss Toad. <laughs> Bro, you tripping. <laughs> hey. You don't know Miss Toad, do
3: you? Oh, me? Yeah. Uh-uh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> she, she was in Hawaii, War. And, you know, she has some stuff going on her hands like that, but she's going around. Me too. <laughs> All right. My, my final question, and then we're going to jump into to the meat and potatoes of the interview, but uh, who is the most famous person in your phone? Oh,
3: uh, I'm going to have to say my girl, Shambria. She, she popping right now. And
2: Hey, Shambriu. Yeah.
1: Shout out, <laughs> Episode 40, Missis- Mississippi yeah. Melodies. We had on last week. So, I think we've been killing it, you know, with the ladies, man. You know, bring it, trying to get the ladies on. So, yeah, we got some more yeah. stuff for y'all. Women empowerment. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, appreciate you uh, answering uh, the questions to that segment called Three the Hard Way. So, we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, the interview and uh just you know just kind of how we start off with everybody but uh just kind of share a little bit a little bit about you know your early childhood and the environment you know that you uh, grew up in
3: okay <laughs> um so as a young girl i grew it was me and my brother he's the only sibling he's the only sibling i have um i started we start off with a two-parent home my dad is a cogic pastor. And then when we turned 12 and 13, my mom and dad divorced. So like as teens, we learned to adjust and we became two kids with a single mom. And that's what really pushed us because my mom, like no matter what the circumstances we faced, she kept going for both of us. So, that's what our, my um, youth looked like. We still kept pushing. We were young kids. We did what we wanted to do still. Nothing stopped. We did sports. We were involved. We did good in school. Um, our mom made we kept going.
2: Yeah, we, might,
1: we got a little bit of delay, but like I said, we're going to keep it uh... – Keep it pushing. Um, so, uh, with that being said, like, how do you think your upbringing? I guess, uh, like, how how did that shape like the values and and your perspective that you have uh, today?
3: Um, well, like I said, uh, just watching my mom, and she just she kept pushing, like she kept going. She worked hard, uh, and she did everything. By herself, uh, even to this day, like she works two jobs just to make sure that we're good. Even though we both are grown and we take care, you know, of ourselves, but it's just the drive for my mom. Like she's really, you know, out of our family, she really like a few of the ones that got her college degree. So that's what pushed me to go get my degree because I saw my mom do it. Um, And it's like I said, she was a few out of our whole family. With extra got there and got a good job, worked hard for me and my brother. So um, she really was motivation and a role model for us.
1: Yeah. Uh, What What's the age gap between you and uh, Trevor?
3: Twenty-two months.
1: Wow.
0: Okay. Who Who's the oldest? I am. Oh, so he big sis.
2: <laughs> yeah, so,
3: but people think he is because he's literally six seven. So he stands over me. So whenever they see him, they think he's the oldest, but I'm really the oldest. <laughs> he just he just stands tall, so he's my big little brother. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I don't so, know what six feet feel like. <laughs> <laughs> so you
1: um uh so Y'all moved to Sanatobe at 12 and 13. Like... Well,
3: we, we lived in, Sin- so, so we started off in Memphis and we moved to Sanatobe when my brother turned, I think, no, I turned three. My ba- my brother was a baby. Okay. So we lived in Sanatobe most of our lives. We just moved to, uh, from Memphis like when I was a toddler.
1: Okay. So it, I guess just kind of talk about that. You know, we we both, Mac and I, uh born and raised in Coldwater. Old Water. High school you know we got y'all old books and stuff like that we all got through with them So, just just kind of talk about uh coming up through the ranks synatopia you know school and everything that you you know participated in while you were you know going through uh, okay um so i started
3: in synatopia are y'all can y'all hear me it seems like i don't know my wi-fi okay we'll make sure we started school synatopia elementary from kindergarten to twelfth grade, um, I I did cheer, I did band, track and field. Um, never could, I was tall, but I never could get with basketball, so I did. I was the water girl. <laughs> um, and beta club. Yep, you know, this somebody and then I did get on the homecoming court my senior year uh, yeah that's pretty
1: much yeah um high school junior high high school yeah and so uh I guess before we move move away from senatoritobia and get into uh some of the higher education um I just wanted to ask outside of your mom i know you you know you spoke about your mom being your you know inspiration but mm-hmm. i guess outside of her within the community of Santa toby who else would you say that just kind of played a major role in your life or you know just had a, a impact you know on on uh, who you are
3: um i had a lot of older cousins so like heather johnson tiffany webb um, I looked up to them because they were, they were upperclassmen when I was, and we were like elementary, but, um, I looked up to them. So I had older cousins that were in high school and like, I know, cause I, I know Tiffany cheered and Heather was in the band and Heather was smart as a, real, so I just looked up to them and I always said, like, oh my, God, like my cousins are involved, they're smart, I want to be like them, and when I got older, like everybody we refers to like, oh you you take this little cousin or you Peters little cousin or you know, something like this. But like, it did me good because I, I always aspired to be like my big cousin because and it was a it was others too. Um that was two that I was just thinking of right now. But I always expired like they were involved, but even with them being involved, they were in their books. Um and they were focused and they were out to be successful. So Yeah.
2: Now did you did you work at K's like
0: Heather too? I didn't. didn't Did you work at K's like Heather? (laughs) No. Uh no. No. Big Sarah could have
3: got me on there, but
0: I never Frizz, my boy. Friz. Uh that would I couldn't remember. I was trying to remember, but (laughs) Frizz, my boy. I worked at Frizz too with her now.
1: Uh but yeah, so you know, uh like so you leave Sanatobia, um, and uh let's talk about God's country a little bit.
0: So what 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 kind of influence did this? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Joy. What H- hold on before leaving Sanatobia? Before we leave, Cent- I want to ask, uh being a kid, were there oh. any challenges Please. associated with that uh in senatobia now anywhere in between,
3: can you repeat it? What you say? I'm sorry, it went out a little
0: bit. Oh, I said, being a preacher's kid, were there any challenges? Did you grow up having any challenges associated with that coming up in senatobia or uh, all the way up until now? I mean, you could still be dealing with you know challenges associated with that. So, <sighs> y'all,
3: it was something like my daddy is one of those traditional pastor so when they say that they don't care for women wearing pants my dad was like that so I would have to and like I said my mom was she was the she was the I mean she was like there was this but she already knew the pain we were going through I would have to leave home with a skirt on and put some pants in my bag and change
2: in school
3: yeah I had to go change at school because I wasn't wearing no skirts But so those (laughs) those are some of the things we had to deal with. And also, too, he didn't really care for us being in sports. So we had to slip in and be active. But, you know, my mom made it happen. Like I said, it was difficult because with him being a pastor, he didn't go for a lot of the things that was, you know, okay for youth back then. But we made it happen. We did it. And it's you know, especially when the divorce was final, like we, we were able to just live a normal life, but for the longest we had to pretend like, we had to pretend, but we, we made it
2: work. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> and I and I guess I would just ask, like, you know, and what what is your relationship like, you know, with your dad at, you know, at this point at this point?
3: Well, I love my dad, like we still but heads. But I do love him. Um, he just realized that okay, we're grown now, so he can't, you know. So he he's gotten better, and especially now that I've had my son. Oh, it's totally different with him. Like yeah. with his grandkid, like he doesn't do any of it. Like he let he lets him get away with anything.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. how, <laughs> how it be.
3: Yeah, so it was it's totally different now. <laughs> I think since he has like, and he knows it too. Like when he was when we were younger. It's like a lot of things that he complained about or did it it did affect our relationship coming up
1: yeah
3: but it's like now he's using my son as a let me fix it type thing you know like i did, I made a mess up the first go around but okay i'm gonna use this time to actually do what i'm supposed to do as a father or as a grandfather
0: yeah that's what's up that's dope yeah so yeah we, right, we was. We can go to mm-hmm. old Miss now. I don't know what what kind of country you had called it, but see, you 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 don't know nothing. <laughs> I know you don't know about this. I got I, I got an online degree. I don't know. Well, I'll just, i will just no. I, I'm, I'm just saying.
3: I know
0: you. Know. They because I, I got one too. I know you know about now, phone. I, know. I wasn't saying from that perspective. I'm really talking about just experience the. You know, hmm. I ain't even gonna say country. You know, Look, I, 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 got I got nothing.
1: I know you know about foreign country, but we talking about, <laughs> about God's country. So, uh, Michaela, you leave Sinatopia mm-hmm. and you go down to the big city of Oxford to attend the University of Mississippi. Whoop,
2: whoop.
1: Like, talk about. Um, I guess what kind of what went into that decision, and you know, all, you know, just all of it. Well, I will say
3: before I left. Live- Tinetopia I stayed in Tinetopia for two years because I was in Northwest Northwest uh was one I enjoyed Northwest if I could have stayed in Northwest
2: yeah,
3: I would have stayed. stayed in Northwest um but what really influenced Ole Miss um was because at the time when I was at Northwest I was all into wanting to be a physical therapist I wanted to be a physical therapist and I knew that. Ole Miss had um, a good kinesiologist program. And then I had all of my friends that left Northwest. They were all going to Ole Miss. So I was like, OK, PT, my friends, they go together. Perfect. You know? Oh <laughs> so I was God. like, that's really what made me decide on Ole Miss because all of my Northwest friends, we all left Northwest together with to Ole Miss together. So um, and I was, I really, the crazy part about it, I was a diehard Memphis Tiger fan, but I was not going to Memphis because my friends were going there. <laughs> um, and then I went to Ole Miss and I fell in love there. Like I fell in love with the campus. I fell in love with the the um, college lifestyle there, student life. I joined the Ole Miss gospel choir. I loved it, enjoyed it. Um, I'm so glad that I did actually go, not just attended, but actually got involved and I made so many friends that I still communicate with now through the old Miss Gospel Choir. Um, but yeah, I I really I went down there because of my friends, but I end up meeting new friends and getting new opportunities and experiences. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So so how to uh before I continue, how the gospel choir work out? Not work out, but like how does it come about? Like when you're when you go for something else and then you just end up in the gospel choir is that something you have to try out for or like what is that experience like
3: so we didn't have to try out for but technically as who as um we had some practices where you you knew that if you couldn't sing you know you probably couldn't be here because they would have practice where they would sing you out so that they can see if you're singing the right part and <laughs> If I wasn't if I wasn't like comfortable in singing, then I probably would have been like, well, that's not for me. But see, I do that anyways. I sing, I sing at church. I'm a worship leader. So all I was doing was picking up where I left off at church because I had moved to Oxford and I wanted to explore gospel Mm -hmm. and explore praising the Lord there with friends that I could also, you know, explore their talent with.
0: So yeah. That's dope. So so you can sing.
3: Somewhat.
0: <laughs> mm mm-hmm. No, I don't know. Don't, don't look. Oh. We don't do
1: that though. <laughs> she knows Oh yeah, she she know. All
0: right. So so you you go to Ole Miss Um with this plan of being and then somewhere somehow something changed. What, what what was that for you that changed that made you uh change your career paths or whatever it may be.
3: Um, I'm going to be honest like I'm going to talk a lot about God tonight because I am very very faith-based, but honestly when I, Yeah, like I'm going this is what I'm trying to get to. When I got to old Miss I did not know why I chose speech. Then, like it took me years to for God to show me why He He actually put me on the path for speech. I I, did, I still didn't know. Like I got accepted into grad school, still didn't know what I why I was in speech. He didn't. I didn't. I'm telling I didn't even know why He allowed me to be a speech pathologist until years later. So even when I was at old meats, I just we went to a career fair. And we were going to the different tables and I stopped at the so the name of the major itself is Communication Science and Disorders. And I stopped at that table and I was like, okay, sounds cool. I knew I didn't want to do PT anymore because they had a lot of hard classes. I didn't <laughs> care about I didn't care about chemistry and statistics. I didn't care about none of that. So I said, I gotta change my major. And I stopped at the communications Science and this orders table. did not know why. I was just like, it sounds cool. So I just made it I made my minor education because I was like there's something easy to do. And I started taking the classes. and I really I started to get the gist of things, you know, started to get the gist of speech classes and you know what it was about. And um, graduated from Ole Miss. And I applied to because the speech program is very, very competitive. So I applied to like eight schools, and it was look. I was lucky to even be accepted to one because you would have like five hundred applicants, and they would only choose twenty girls or twenty applicants because there were men. It's just a small amount of men that apply, but it would be like five hundred applicants per school, and they will only pick like twenty to twenty-five people. Wow. So.
2: Yeah.
1: So, you um, you talk about, I guess not not even knowing, um, what what you wanted to do with speech, Mm -hmm. um, like going going after the masters. Like, what were those conversations like? Like, with your with your parents, like trying to figure you know all that out, um, and still like I'm gonna go spend another. Hundred thousand dollars, but I still don't know exactly what I want to do with it, you know, yet.
3: All right. Um. So the thing about speech is, in order to practice it, you have to get a master. So even though, I mean, I was and I was enjoying the classes, so I was like, I like the classes, I like the, you know, the content we're learning about. So I was like, maybe this is it for me. I still wasn't sure but i was i was enjoying the classes so i was like okay let me go ahead and apply for my master, so that if I, if this is for me then i'll be able to practice in it um so i got accepted to jackson state i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why i applied there but you know, you know i did and i got in there was the only out of eight schools jackson state gave me a chance so i'm really thankful for that but um, I only lasted at Jackson State for a semester and a half, and I, I love the some of the professors I met there. They even helped me to um, get accepted to the next master's program that I applied for. But Jackson State just it just wasn't for me. Like I had so I faced so many adversities there, and that's what made me question. Like, okay, God, I'm I'm not into this because I'm not sure if it's just me. Maybe this is not the path you have for me. Because I was really like, and it wasn't the grades. Like I when I withdrew from Jackson State, I, I remember like it was yesterday, the registrar office they asked me, they said, Why are you leaving? Like you have 3.5. And I said, ma'am, if it was the academics work, I could I could just get through that. Like I could get through that, but it wasn't that. It was like they were hating everything. Like I had never been to where a school where professors would do what they were doing.
2: Hmm.
3: So, and like I said, it wasn't all of them because I still, I still do talk to some of my professors uh, that I did uh, They were, they're still supportive. It wasn't a lot of them, it was just a select few that I just knew that I could not be there. I couldn't be there. Like it was starting to mess with my health. I had never been no pills, anxiety pills. And I just said, a degree. And all of this isn't worth it. I can go get a degree anywhere. And Mm. and I was excited about going to Jackson State because that would have been my first HBCU experience. I was excited about it, but it was was hard. Like, it was really, it was hard. And I just hadn't, I didn't think that they would treat us like that with us being, them being our very own. So it was hard. I didn't even get treated like that at a PWI.
0: Beyond people, they say.
3: Yeah, it was hard, y'all. It was really hard. So I ended up having to withdraw. And I came home and started working as a TA at San Antonio Elementary School. But I knew that wasn't all that I wanted to do. Like, I, I just never stopped trying to figure out what was next for me. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so how long was that, that break in between school before you started back?
3: So I... I withdrew from Jackson State in 2018, and that was like in March. I probably started working at Toby School of like the next, the following school year, so it was like August 2018. And I worked there from August 2018, and I worked on up to 2020 because I had applied to another school, which was an online program for speech, and it was it was based in Boston, Massachusetts. So when I got accepted there. Um, I put in my resignation for the school. So it was was about almost two years before I got accepted to another school. And then the program that I was in, we couldn't work. So I had to quit. Um, But I worked up until I got accepted to grad school again.
0: Now, that's uh, interesting because I don't hear personally. I haven't heard a lot of people that go to or – participating in, enrolled in degree programs at a master's level where you can work. And maybe it's coming, may, maybe I just don't know. So like what was that experience like, uh, that workload like to basically you have to commit on a level uh, so deep that you can't even work?
3: Yeah, so we, um, so speech is, is it's medically based. You have speech therapists in schools, because I am in the school right now, but it's really a medical-based field. So we had to do clinical rotations, and we had classes um, in the night, and we had clinical rotations in the day. So I couldn't even commit to a job because I was working for free. But It was just the intern, but I was seeing patients. I was seeing patients. I was seeing kids. I was seeing adults. Um, just wasn't getting paid for it and then at night I would do school and the next day I start over again and the night I do school the next day I start over again
0: got you that's tough
2: yep
3: <laughs> no it was it was difficult it was difficult not like going from working to making money to not have anything at all but I mean God made it work because I was living downtown Memphis without a job going to school, and my bills were getting paid. Mm-hmm. And it was through makeup.
0: One like, do it.
3: Yeah, like, and that's why I always tell people all the time, like, makeup really, like, God gave me that gift. It, I didn't know how important it was going to be, but makeup really helped me. Like, it was one one year where I didn't know what I was going to do. I was just sending people, like, makeup, makeup, makeup. And it was turning into rent money. It was turned into car notes. So it he was making a way because he knew I had to get through school, and I couldn't
1: wait. so and um i'm I'm glad you said that because um my next question um was just kind of centered around like your faith, you know journey. I know you said you you know you're gonna talk about God a lot tonight, and like I said, that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine, but I guess just you know being so young, like um like. What do you feel like that was developed? Like that that type of having that type of faith, mm-hmm. so young to be able to make the moves, you know, that you did and be able to stand on his word and just, you know, follow you, you know, follow your path, like what, what would you attribute that to?
3: Well, as I stated earlier, so my dad is a Koji pastor. So when we were younger at Church around Christ, like they're having the whole convocation now and they having church morning and night, morning and night. And that's what we did. Like right. We would, on Sundays, have two or three services, come back on a Wednesday, have another service, Friday night, have another service, Sunday again. So it was, and it wasn't about, oh, because we constantly trade to, to church, you can have little kids in church and they understand. But I I, I saw what God could do with a lot of people. Like, there were people coming in and sitting and I would see, you know, Demons be cast down. I know some people don't believe in it. Like I, I don't believe in every prophet because I feel like some people can, you know, do too much. But
2: prophet I, yeah, yeah.
3: But I can say that I've seen what God can do when it is genuine, and so I, I just carry that with me. And I grew up, I've, I've grown up on it. And God has even in my life, even from me seeing what other people have, you know, have went through and what God has done for them. But even what God has done in my life, because. Like I said, even when I was at Ole Miss, you know, there were certain times where, man, I don't even know how I got through a class. But I would go on my knees and I'd be like, God, right, but you know I got to complete this. In some way, somehow, he did it every time. Like, it was just never, it was never a time where he did not help me or pull me out of my miss. Yeah. So, I always have to acknowledge him. I never not acknowledge him because I, I didn't do a lot. I look back now, I'm trying to figure out how did I even make through a lot of stuff that God did. Yeah. But I wanna been able to do it just for Caleb. Just no, not just with just with
1: Caleb. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I'm on I'm on that same, you know, you know, wave like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, amazing when you you know, you look back and think about it.
0: So uh, definitely, uh, you know, appreciate you for sharing for sharing it. Um, definitely appreciate you for sharing it while talking education. I understand now you're pursuing your doctoral degree. Is that correct?
3: I am. I am. <laughs> That's why I say I don't know how I forgot about it, but yeah, I am. Put
0: it and at what point did you decide or was it something in your life that made you feel like not feel like but just register like you know what i'm I'm gonna go back and i'm gonna pursue higher education at this point for these reasons or for this particular reason like what, what was that moment for you um
3: so i don't know if y'all saw but when i got my masters i did a photo shoot with my son and I did not want to do anything without him, because I think Michael was, when I first got accepted to grad school, Michael was 18 months. And I was using him as a motivation. Because I kept saying, OK, when he turns three, I'll be done. I'll be done with my master's. Like, I kept using it like, OK, he's, he's growing, I'm growing. He's growing, I'm growing. And that's what I was getting to when I was saying that God didn't show me until years later why he didn't allow me to do speech. My baby was diagnosed with a developmental delay at the age of 24 months. So with that he wasn't he wasn't talking like the typical two-year-old. And and I noticed that at 18 months and with me being you know in speech, well going to school for my speech, I was learning stuff in class and I was like, but my baby's not doing it. Like, you know, and it, it kind of worried me because I'm in school, learning about things that I can do to help somebody else's child, and my baby is going through everything that they're saying. Okay, this is the, these are the signs we look at. So yeah. I didn't I didn't notice that God was doing was preparing me for Him, and He was there. Like as I was going through school, and I was practicing with other people's children in the clinics, I would come home and do the same thing with my baby. So I was working with him. He was helping me get prepared for my degree. And I was helping him get prepared for life because he wasn't talking. He wasn't saying anything. And I was using what I learned in school to build my own son. And we still come a long way. But my baby now, like, at two years old, he wasn't saying anything. And he's now making four sentences, and he's four. And that's because he, I did put him in speech. I put him in speech as well. He had other SLPs, but... His mom was at home helping him as well. So I didn't know what God was preparing me for. But he, he did that because my baby was born during COVID. And we saw a spike of kids, like autistic kids. We saw a spike of kids that uh, weren't talking. We saw a spike of kids that had language delays yeah. because of COVID. You know, everybody was shut in. Kids didn't know how to be social. Kids learned from other kids. So they weren't able to get that. And my baby was one. He was born at that time. So when he was a couple months old, he wasn't able to be in daycare. He wasn't able to be around other kids. So he lost that development on the time just as other kids did. But I was there to be able to help him. And so, like I said, he's four now and he's saying four sentences. But at that age, he wasn't saying anything. And I didn't know what God was doing until I was able to help him.
0: So... So that's an old testimony right there, man. So shout out to you for that. Join your eyes, water.
1: Nah, man, I just, I don't know. It'd be hard for me to hear stuff like that,
0: <laughs> Nah, me too. Uh, my eyes were water That's why I asked you. I didn't know if it was just me or, or what. But uh, first yeah. of all, shout out to you for that. Um, it's just amazing when you can, in those moments, realize like the thing when you can go back and find your why to something that you're doing or something that you've been led to. Like I believe in signs and just like hearing stuff like that just is more of a confirmation. So uh, mm-hmm. shout out to you for that. Um, that's dope. Like we, yeah. we actually, uh, I think Kenya's story was similar to that as well when we brought her home. Um So yeah, it's just dope to hear and continue to hear things of why people are doing certain things. And actually uh, he was in school, listen to if mm-hmm. if not um she wanted to be a pt i think if not mm-hmm. something close it up because the stories are so similar and the changes mm-hmm. in the story to where you diverted from what you re- originally wanted to do to go do something else not mm-hmm. until you know what i'm saying your son was born and you noticed what you noticed so uh that's amazing though to hear yeah
3: I think the rehabilitation world in the field itself, PT, OT, speech, I think they all are rewarding. And I would probably speak for the others in the rehabilitation field. COVID really did a lot. Um, it did a lot for the young and the old, and, and it did a lot for the rehabilitation field to change a lot for us because we had people that had COVID that were talking good and tasting and hearing, hearing. And seeing, and then after COVID, they may have got it, and they lost all those senses. So we all, we all had to fight with them, help them gain those uh, abilities back. So, and like I said, it affected young and old. Young kids were not, that didn't even, we teach, we teach about emotions. And because everybody was a mask, kids now, a lot of kids grew up, they didn't even know what emotions were, because all they saw were masks. So we had to teach, reteach that. Like we had to reteach um, kids that didn't know how to be social because they weren't used to being around other kids. They learn from kids, learn from kids. And then you have adults that you know couldn't swallow. We work with that. Deal. We work with swallowing. We work with uh, stuttering. We work with feeding people. You know, lost the ability to feed. So it's so and that's why I really love speech because it's so much to do in it. It's it's a umbrella of a lot of things that you can do and a lot of rewards that you get with helping people.
0: Yeah, and that's dope. Super yeah. dope. Um.
1: So, uh, just kind of jumping into you know what you do uh, on the day to day. You know, now just uh, just kind of describe, you know, uh, what your role is and, you know, where you are.
3: OK, um, so I'm currently the speech language pathologist at Lake Corman Elementary School. Um, and because it is school, it's not it's not a medical based setting. So I don't see as much of the feeding and the swallowing as I did when I was in the settings. But I still do work with kids with um, cognition. Cognition deficits and language deficits, maybe articulation—they're not able to pronounce certain words or they're not aware speech sounds. So we teach tongue placement, where the tongue is supposed to be producing a T word or an S word. Um, I also work with kids that stutter. Um, Fluency—we call it disfluency. Um So that's basically what. I work with day-to-day kids with stutter, articulation deficits, and language deficits. Autistic kids, I have Autistic kids, I have um, Williams syndrome, I work with Down syndrome kids, variety of
2: kids.
0: Is there, in in your profession and doing what you do, is there, um, does culture play a role in how you approach different situations and different I don't want to say patients but clients, uh, students looking for the correct term Just-
3: Yes, it, it does actually and a lot of times people are not aware that we as African American have we have our own way of speaking, we call it it's the actual term African American English, A-A-E so uh, because a lot of other people don't allow themselves to get acquainted with our culture, they're so easily thinking that every kid needs speech that is black, and that is not the case because we have our own, just like there's a standard American English, there's also African American English, and I can't throw a kid in speech because he is, he's from a certain region. It's a dialectal thing, and it's not anything that's wrong. Cause even with me, like we call it code switching code switching. So I may be with my friends and I'm, you know, I say mine, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to put anybody in speech because you know, yeah. we have, we have our regional speech, our regional communication, you know, Yeah. people are not aware of that. I've had, I've had people to come to me and say, Hey, this kid say scree. He needs speech. No, because scree, strawberry, that is African American English. I'm not gonna put a kid in there because they're just with that's their region. It's, their region. And it's like, and it's like, um, like I said, I'm gonna make code switch, and that's another thing I like about it. We work with that as well because, so actors. So I, I'll use his album, for example, with him being British and he wants to, you know, you know, and he has to speak English. Well, he can work with a speech therapist, and she just teach him the code switch. And that's what you can do. You can work with voice singers. We do voice therapy. Anybody who wants to get a certain role, like I said, with Idris, Idris Elba, how he has to change from one accent to another, that's something we work on as well. And all it is is code switching. So like when people say something about being proper for an interview, it's just code switching. You're not doing anything wrong. That's just your region. And then you know you just code switch for a professional type of image but as far as the african-american english there's nothing wrong with our way of speaking
0: it's weird that it's looked at it looked at in that way too because you go anywhere else in the world in all these different countries and they have all these different dialects of the same language i just mm-hmm. remember learning bits and pieces of arabic before we went to iraq and afghanistan and just depending on the region, the tribe whatever it was mm-hmm. different dialect where like overall you can still communicate with each other, but certain stuff was different based on where you were from mm-hmm. in America. We have our name or whatnot and maybe not as it as such.
3: Right. Right. And that's just like if a Mexican or a Hispanic kid comes to America and someone says, Hey, this kid isn't pronouncing this right. Well, I have to go and see if that's even in his in um, his accent, if it's not in his, you know, if, there, if he's not used to expressing in that way, there's nothing wrong with him. That's just where he's from. So that is just things we, we look at. We're not going to just throw a kid in speech because, oh, they sound this way. They sound that way. It can be dialectical, and we honor that. We honor dialects as well because we all come from a different region, and it's not anything wrong with where we come from. Our cultures, we all have different backgrounds and there's not
0: necessarily anything wrong with it. Wow. So that's interesting, and I have a follow-up to that just based on all of the kind of career choices that you have based on your profession, because you said, like, you're not going to put a kid in speech for particular things because they don't need it based on their region and their dialect. So how, how does that work when they don't necessarily need speech, but... I and i don't know if this is the correct term i don't know if it's going to fall under code switching but you just want to teach them to correctly, or or a certain way so to say street instead of street like well, uh, what, what is that calling and, and how how does a parent on mm-hmm. the outside looking in handle that when their kid can't be recommended for speech
2: hmm
3: well, and I'm and I'm not saying that they couldn't be recommended because if a parent comes to me and say, "Hey, I want my kid in speech," we we honor what a parent says, but okay. I, but I also want to just make it clear because there are some there are some you know educators that may say, "Oh, because this kid is a certain of a certain dialect and a certain you know within a certain region, they talk this way and they talk down on it," and I I I always want them to understand, but it's African American English. There's nothing wrong with their speech, this kid is very smart just because they pronounce it this way and they don't pronounce it like you. There's nothing wrong. But whenever a parent is concerned, I yes, we do. We make sure that we, you know, we do whatever it takes to please the parent. But I just want to say, like, because I know some people will just say like, oh, this kid doesn't sound right because of where, where we're from. They say we sound black. And that's just what I want to just emphasize that but we do have our own English, yeah. and it is called African English, and I'm proud of it because
0: it's ours, and they can't take it. <laughs> it's dope. So, I just wanted to make sure, like, I understood that correctly. And if you know, if I didn't, that we kind of knew the path, or, or people with the audience know a path to take to find out what's correct. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if my grandma was listening to that segment while you was talking, she would have did that when they love their yeah. the skin like. This. <laughs>
3: There's always like, and there's always like strategies that you know. I can talk to my parents, and be like, okay, like if you if you do see a concern here, I'll give you this, and y'all can work with it at home. And then if there's more concerns, then of course, you know, don't hesitate to reach out because I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm working for y'all. So um, it's just one of those things where I just always I just emphasize because I and I guess because it's me, I'm I'm I got offended one time because I am a speech therapist and I'm black. And I have had people say, well, this kid speaks like this, and it was within our African American English, and I, I didn't, I felt very, you know, yeah. I, I didn't like it because I had to sit and explain to them, like, but this is what this says, and this is within our African American English, and because this kid talks like this, I can't say that they have a deficit, because they don't. It's just dialectal.
0: Which I wouldn't be saying. They tried it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we got a, um,
1: a question in the comments uh, from a parent. Uh, he asked, is there an age limit for being accepted into speech?
3: No, there's not. We see people from birth to 102. Mm. We see pediatrics and we see geriatrics, as we call adults. So, um, it's just the thing. It's like we even see um, people up to hospice when they're in that living on last stage, we do what we can to make them comfortable Um, as far as helping them with feeding and swallowing so that while they're here, they're able to, you know, have their meals safely and their intake is safely while they are here,
1: while they are. See, they I, have- I was going to go all in left field with the hospice part. <laughs> like, see, that would be me. I want to get my speech right because when I see them, I just want to be able to, you know, talk to talk
2: <laughs> well, <see
0: that. laughs> don't get you. and listening before you go with the Lord see,
3: that's, that's the thing too. We, it's an umbrella of things so people people have asked me before they were like so with speech do you just help people get their speeches together no because I don't I can't stand speech I can't like I'm not saying speech is what I do I'm saying I can't stand public speaking so I can't help anybody get a speech together
2: yeah
3: but We deal we deal with communicative disorders and there's a range of like everything. It's an umbrella thing because we don't just only help people talk. Like like I said, we deal with voice therapy, feeding, swallowing. You know, like stroke patients that can't talk anymore. We work. We help them to communicate, and then there are nonverbal kids that can't communicate at all. So we help them with assistive devices. Um. And then even from birth, I'll go back to when I was saying that we work with kids from birth. We even help with kids that are not latching on to take the body. We help them with latching.
2: Gotcha.
3: Feeding them in that way as well, like premature babies. So it's it's really like it's a, a wide range, and it's not just targeting, just talking.
0: So I'm gonna hey, shout out company. to everybody tuning in, man. Y'all getting a real something tonight. Yeah, yeah. So look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna throw. i was a, saying like I
1: knew all this because I definitely didn't. <laughs> throw a comment on the screen for you from from your good buddy.
3: Yeah, she, <laughs> <laughs> tell, she tell us, tell we we gonna work on
2: it.
1: <laughs> um, and then uh, so we'll we'll take this one right here, and then we'll jump uh back into uh our questions.
3: What's the process of teaching? So, so are you gonna have? <laughs> You' gonna have to go back to get your (laughs) answers like me. Um, but seriously though, it's a process. So it's a whole like we have to do assessments. It's called a, a bedside swallow study. That's what we just figure out what's best, the best strategy for the patient at that time. And it also depends on, you know, their abilities as well. If they're able to sit up in the bed, if they can't sit up, if they, it depends on even like the texture and the um. The thickness of food that they're able to swallow—it just depends. So I'm
1: gonna tell you why he probably asked it. You know that that's Dre. They own flights, Fishing wings, and you know they serve oh, the kitchen there with the bones.
3: Y'all got some good food, sir.
1: They serve they with the bones in it, so you know they ever oh, got, You know you, how you know how they go.
2: You, know, you <laughs> help. Me with the Hamlet, and they can cook. <laughs> Yeah,
3: <laughs> give them some bread.
2: Yeah.
0: How would you say, um, if at all technology has played a role in advance, uh, not your career in particular, but like tools that you could use within your career?
3: Um, you know, it's It has a lot. Um, Technology has a lot to do with, um, it affects us a lot in a good way though. I will say that. So like a lot of my kids, they do use assistive devices. So, and this is another thing too. Some people have, if they don't know anything about uh, AAC devices. So that's what we call like the little devices that talk for the kids. They would say, well, I want my kid to talk and I don't want anything to help them to talk. But what we try to, to let them know and encourage them that, We've had kids that have not talked at all. They heard the device. They heard the device talking, and they started to imitate the device. Now they're talking. So that's what we try to just let parents know that it's not always a bad thing for them to have an assistive device. Because sometimes the assistive device, it does encourage them to say something, too. I've had kids that have not said a thing. And they hear the device, and they start repeating the device. They repeat the device. They're hitting it and they're saying their name. So now people ask them, what's your name? They're able to say their name because they heard the device said. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one thing, how it influence, influences us in a good way. And then we also work on listening comprehension with our kids. So I like to play audio books for them. Sometimes it's good for them to hear another voice other than mine because it works on voice recognition as well. So it's a lot that you can do with it. And my kids, you know, they love playing little games because all kids love tablets. So I try to trick them into thinking that they're playing a game on their tablet. But it's really something for speech. So it it all works out. It all works out very positive. Um, But then I also try to go the old school way, too. Sometimes I don't always get technology in their face. Sometimes we have to just talk to one another, you know, get to know our own boy.
1: Yeah. So. Um, and I and I guess this this question here is going to kind of piggyback on the technology piece, kind of one in the same. But mm-hmm. with the rise of uh, you know, AI, um, like, are there any ongoing conversations on like how AI is going to uh, have positive or negative effects on, you know, uh, what you guys do?
3: Um, honestly, I we haven't talked about it. But if I could just use my little speech mind, I would think about wanting to invent something or hopefully somebody else invent something um that will help our kids to learn tongue placement. So it's hard it's really hard teaching them. So I have to always get like a little a little um popsicle stick to help them to keep their tongue down when they're trying to say something or you know get the teeth out of the way. So I think and we call these the articulators. So our teeth, our tongue, our lips. So all the things that we use to actually pronunciate words. And it's a struggle. Call,
0: hold on. They call what? Articulators. articulators.
3: Mm-hmm. So you, our teeth, our tongue.
0: you
1: learning me something.
3: Yeah, so our teeth, our tongue, our lips, they're all articulators because it helps us to articulate our words.
0: Hold on, man. You knew that
3: <laughs> no, nah,
0: I ain't knew it, but I can't wait to tell somebody to get them damn articulated on my face.
3: <laughs> so yeah, so like so that's really how I teach my kids how to say things and how to pronunciate words because sometimes when kids don't understand sounds and letters and matching with sound, they don't they, they don't know what, what's going on.
1: So, so- uh, so yeah, when I, I gotta, see when I see folks just missing it. missing the side too, so you, you are <laughs> missing the articulator.
3: But listen, that that matters because you got kids that are missing their front <laughs> they two front teeth, and they're not able to say certain things because they're they're missing the articulator. They're uh-huh. missing the articulator. Or wow. so if wow. a kid didn't have a tongue at all, you can't even talk. Yeah. Articulator.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah.
3: Cleft palate kids. They can't even yeah. really talk.
0: Hey I this uh this a million dollar business idea in the chat And uh I just want <laughs> <laughs> hey
3: <laughs> hey Allison, do you know how to teach kids to be <laughs> that's that's actually contradicting what I do. I'm I'm supposed to help them learn to talk. But see, but listen, but I understand your struggle because people used to tell me all the time, you want Michael to learn how to talk, but when he started talking, woo." I helped him talk and now I wish I could help him just, okay, son, just kind of just it down just a little bit. But a little break. Now, yeah, got <laughs> now, so.
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> so is there in your, uh, your career so far, um, is there a particularly rewarding experience that you've had as a SLP that just stands out to you? Um, that you would like to share
3: yes so i have worked with before okay so i'm gonna say prior to being in the school this is when i was actually still in school and i was doing clinical rotations um i was working at a pediatric clinic and i had a two-year-old mom said she had never eaten anything would not eat anything and it was of course affecting her and her nutrients she wasn't receiving any nutrients she didn't want to try anything so I tried this approach with just letting her play with her food. And I wanted her to feel the texture of things. Like we tried crunchy things. We tried soft things, something like an apple cider, like a puree. And I, I didn't even want her to eat it. We're just going to play with it. I told mom, just bring food. We're going to play with it. We're going to play with it. I let her put it on her nose. I let her put it on her lips, on her face. And I told mom, we're going to keep doing it. We kept doing it for a couple of weeks. And I told mom. I said the reason why I'm letting her do this is because she's getting, it, she's getting the feel of it on her face and on her hands, and eventually she's gonna want to try it and put it in her mouth. And mom was like, she 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 just wouldn't eat anything. She couldn't get her to do anything. Nothing, nothing. No vegetables or anything. The only thing she would try was applesauce. And so we started to um, crush the strawberry. We started to crush broccoli. We started to crush crackers. And one day this kid actually put a cracker in her mouth and she chewed it she chewed it and that was and i told mom that was that was one of my favorite days because the mom had told me she had never tried anything and i said well mom i got good news she, she ate a cracker today and and mom was like really i would have ne- she would have never did that with me but i said we just kept playing with the food because i wanted her to get used to it because how do we eat anything or how do we do anything? You know, you get used to it. If I've never seen it or play with it or gotten used to it either, I don't think I would want to try it either. But that day that baby tried their food and her mom said the next, the next time I saw her, she said, Oh, she's been eating. She's been eating. So <laughs> there, was, there was a reward for me because she wasn't receiving the nutrients. How How is she going to receive the nutrients? She wasn't eating. So that was a rewarding time for me. Like we just played with it. We played with the food and eventually she got used to it. She put it all over her face. She felt the texture and she wanted to try it. And she's been eating ever since. From what I know, I haven't seen it since. But yeah. Yeah. That's,
2: that's
1: you, you, dope. If, you, if, if you run into another one like that, just go get you some and chicken. I promise you, it's gonna work the first time.
3: <laughs> if, they don't, if they don't eat it, I'm definitely gonna eat it. <laughs> if they don't touch it, I'm
0: the food gonna be gone one way or another.
3: <laughs> yeah, it sure is. And they may want to watch it. I mean, they may want to <laughs> eat it after watching me eat it. They may be like, she eat it like this. I wanna try. It. This, yeah, that's some chicken now. That's some chicken.
1: So um in addition to your work that you're doing uh in the school system, uh, have you had time to think about like any other ways that um you want to impact or have an impact, uh, in this field?
3: Yes. Yeah, so actually that's another reason why I decided to go back to pursue my doctorate because I do plan on, and there, we don't really have any speech therapists in this area. Um, and I have a lot of parents that reach out to me and be like, Hey, you know, my kids don't, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing this with my kid. And I want to help them because I always say, like, hey, I'll come observe them. But because I don't have the necessary things that I need in line right now for my own practice for me to go see other kids, I have to, you know, I have to refer them out to someone else. Um, Because currently all I have is a licensure through, like, Cormorant. And so because of that, I often say, like, oh, my gosh, I have so many potential clients here. So I I always say that you know when I finish getting my doctor, I do want to open up a practice here just to help the kids here because I have so many parents that reach out. And of course, you know, I I would love to work for myself. So um yes, so that's what I think about all the time. Um I want to put in motion, like just opening my own practice here or not even yesterday. I want it to be OT and PT. So they can all they can come if they need more than one service, they can come to me. And they can come yeah. to other uh, colleagues that are OTs and uh, RPTs with me, and we can all help them in under yeah. one building.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Make it where you got to train all the folks that's working for this county. Right. They got to come see you.
3: Right. Yeah. And I also thought about contracting, too, because there are so many schools that need speech therapists, too, that don't have them. So I can you know, go out to different schools and help, too, wherever I just love speech. I love speech. I love the field, and that's one thing I do thank God for blessing me um, to be in this field because I don't see it as work. I, I just I love playing with the kids. A lot of my kids, like I'm, I'm just playing with them. I play with with toys, and we're playing together. We're working on turn taking. We're working on sharing. We're working on language. So it's so much that you can target just with playing with a, you know a kid and a toy.
0: Yeah. Well, dope. Can't wait till the practice open because it's I know it's coming. It's already done. Yep.
3: Thank you. That's on exactly right. Thank you.
2: Faith, <laughs>
3: yep,
1: Um I can't remember where we at, bro.
0: We about to transition into uh him. You
1: know? Oh, okay. Um yeah. So yeah, um anything else you would like to uh add uh along with the speech part before we move on to your entrepreneurial endeavors? Mm-hmm.
3: You said what now? I'm sorry. I was it saying out, it must be my Wi-Fi. I'm sorry.
1: Was it was it anything that you wanted to add? Um just to kind of conclude, you know, with you know, some of the stuff you've been speaking about with uh everything that relates to, to speech before we move on to. Uh, majestic glam.
3: Um, I think we pretty much touched everything. Um, just yeah, pray for me so that I can finish school. I don't know what made me go back again, but I'm back. With you, so, y'all just pray prep, prep your girl, yeah. Uh, and then i just allow to lead after
2: that, yeah.
1: So, so yeah, um, uh, who I guess who or what. Motivated you to uh, get into makeup?
3: Honestly, Honestly. uh, okay, so this is how makeup came about. I really didn't even want to do anybody's makeup. Like, I was always doing, I would always go on YouTube and I would just look at makeup videos just to do my own because I knew like if I was going out, I wanted to do like a little soft beat. So I would just do little, you know, I would watch little makeup videos here and there and I would do my face. Um, and then I started to get into the bold looks. So I would do like glitter looks and still on myself, but I would post them on Facebook and people were like, oh, your makeup's so good. You know, I want you to do mine. And I was scared. I was like, no, I know I'll never be able to do nobody else's makeup. I will just doing mine. So uh, I remember it was 2018 and it was prom season and I had two little cousins. They asked me, journey Eccles and Kyra Adams. I never forget it. They asked me, they're like, "Can you do my face prom?" And I was like, "Okay, y'all, are my cousins. So I do y'all when I know nobody else." So I did their face prom, and I posted it. And I tell you, after yeah. I posted theirs, I started getting people like inquiries, like, "Can you do mine? Can you do mine? Can you do mine?" And it started like becoming so consistent. Some point, I had to do, I had to make a, a link had to do something because people were asking me over and over again. I couldn't remember all the appointments. I couldn't remember it. Like I was trying to put it in my phone calendar. I could not remember it. And so I made a link and I decided to just go, go all out. And I started receiving, I've been receiving appointments since.
2: So. Wow. <clears throat>
0: how, let me see how I want to word this. I don't know, how I come back to it. I thought cuz I need to structure it correctly.
1: So, uh my my question uh mm-hmm.
2: uh
1: follow-up question to that is <laughs> like <laughs> I guess, you know, you see what you see on social media. But like uh you see a lot of I guess what I would call catfish type <laughs> <you> know, uh <laughs> you know stuff but I'm like like I guess let me word it this way Um, just kind of tell us about a challenging situation uh, where you had to kind of you know do a little bit extra you know to uh, get somebody the results that they that they want
3: well okay so
0: identify yourself
3: I have two. I have uh two challenges. So I think I think sometimes like when people have uh like acne situations and you know even with full with full coverage makeup, if you have um severe acne, it, it's just certain things it will cover up and won't cover up. So I've had where you know people will have severe acne and I would just you know offer them skincare regimens. Um, but it it didn't quite look like what they thought it was going to look like because I can't can't shave shave off off that, you know, like I, I don't think I can do is cover it up with my products, but I can't, you know, I just can't shave off what you wanted me to to just delete. I can't delete it all. Damn. I'm being
1: honest. Y'all want me to be honest? No, nah, man. I'm I nah, just. You know, uh, <laughs> Feet, feed,
3: feed, feed. You know what's
1: going
0: Don't do that, Feet. <laughs> no. no, yeah, please, please don't. <laughs> uh, look, don't do that. So, Kayla's um, being very professional. Let's let's keep it that way. She got clients that need to book the look. <laughs> right. And we want her right. to get booked.
3: She's so serious.
0: But some of y'all is challenging. That's.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I mean like, yeah, I mean, you know, like I guess just from a man's point of view, like you know, when you see you know women, I'm like, yeah, you don't look like yourself, you know, or you know, whatever. And I mean, and I know, you know, women, you know, you want to look beautiful and you want to look, you know, you want to put your best foot, you know, forward. But you know, you see a lot of stuff that, and I guess you just wonder, like, is it the makeup artist or like did you go and did you go and ask for it? So it's like, you know, from, from, from your perspective or like mm-hmm. when someone comes in and they request something, like what is their conversation like in trying to determine like what's going to be best for them, you know, right. versus what they're asking for?
3: Um, so luckily I haven't had anybody to come in and just be like, oh, I want something over the top. Like a lot of my clients. They know that my most of my makeup, because I mean I I'm still learning too, but most of my makeup is it's natural looking. So if you want something more dramatic, I typically don't do that. Now when it comes to like certain eye looks, you know, I do that. But when it comes to like the I know some people complain about cakiness. Uh, I've never really just had that experience because I I know I try to use a good amount of product but not too much because this stuff is expensive and if you know how to spread it then there's no need to put too much on there and I feel like when you put a lot on there that's what leads yeah. to the cakeiness. and so yeah I've never had really you know I haven't had anyone to just you know just say oh I want as as Allison said casket Sharp I've never had that because I never I try not to put <laughs> I try not to put too much on my client. I put just not
0: not a... to put you in the casket. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I try not to do that. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I, um, I was trying to I was trying to pull up um because it, it, there was a like a recent uh makeup situation that yeah. went viral with uh, Shannon Sharp. And uh like I was just gonna you know get your opinion on it. Like when you saw that what what, what was your initial uh reaction?
3: So I
0: didn't see it. You you have it. Do you have it? Matt, can you pull it up? Uh let me see. Continue. Okay.
3: Well, why y'all put it up? I'm about to get my, my charlie That's okay.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> while you're doing
1: that, we'll take this opportunity uh to remind the viewing audience that uh tonight's show uh is sponsored by uh oh, Chaz Fades. Okay. Uh Chase, all the way from Coldwater, Mississippi, is now in Denton, Texas, uh, chopping the folks up. Mac, you want to add anything to that, man? I know you had a chance
0: to, to sit in the seat a couple of times. Yeah, man. Uh, You know, go have a, a good conversation if you're in the area. You know what I'm saying? You know what that barbershop experience be like. Go get chopped up, get you one of them uh, brazer lines that you can find at Davis Barbershop back in the day. You know, yeah. it, everywhere, moving around, how we move around, everywhere in the world now, a lot of people don't use razors to give you no lineup, no edge. Yeah. When I first, you know, when I left Mississippi, there. area. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, you're in, if you're in the area, pull up, man, get have a good conversation. Uh, go see my boy, man. Hit him up, 662-288-3692, enhanced Han's Barbershop. At 317 West University Drive, suite 173, then Texas. Pull up, get faded the right way. Oh, uh, let me see, bro. I think I got to share my screen to to show this. Okay, let me see. Yeah, so this
1: was uh, as we all know, Shannon Shaw recently left FS1, he's now on ESPN, so I kind of get a backstory. Uh, Is it there? this particular day on this particular day, um, on this particular day uh, he said that the girl who I guess ESPN has like a a rotating you know uh, thing where different people you know do their makeup okay so on this particular day he said that uh, that this was a different uh, wow that this, this was a different <laughs> we'll see that uh, lady so uh Ooh. yeah it was
2: kind of right hey. <laughs>
1: there yeah my boy had the holiday heart going on you <laughs>
2: like
3: a, a, a beat like a
1: vegetable beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i was just kind of like you know uh you know when you when i saw that i was like yeah uh like social media just started buzzing and it was like oh, yeah, somebody to mess uncle up this morning so <laughs> yeah. but uh he, he addressed it on his on his podcast at night uh with ocho and uh they got him right so i think uh he only on with two days a week so yeah they've they been getting right ever since but yeah so that's that's all i had on, on that right. i don't know how i missed that
3: but
1: that yeah that was oof, that was a job there not a yeah uh so outside of, of- no, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask a real quick, like, um, I guess just kind of talk about like somebody like that who you've never like done before, and mm-hmm. you know something like that. Like, what kind of goes into it? Like, what what goes through your mind as a makeup artist uh, to kind of try to make somebody look as natural, you know,
2: as possible? As mm-hmm.
3: possible. So I do a lot of. So I, I always try to stress that you're not going to always find a shade of a foundation that's like one shade of foundation that's your color. So what I do, I do a lot of mixing. I may do mix two foundations, three foundations. And before I put it on their face, I will take a small portion of it and try it on their face first before I even will spread it around the whole face. So I just do a little researching, a little mixing Matching before I do the whole face. That way, to me, I feel like that's how I at least try to get something as close to their skin tone. I just I mix and I try it out first before I because some people just you just start putting it all over the face and you don't you don't even know if it's their color and now you got a face full of you know stuff that you shouldn't have put on there because you didn't test it out
2: first.
0: Yeah, face full of mess and a different color neck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: so but um i'm gonna go back to the challenges though because i didn't share this though um because i know a lot of makeup artists don't share this but i i think another challenge of mine too i i actually did uh makeup uh for the dead and that was it was a challenge like my first time doing it I for three days I, I was crying I was depressed had anxiety I couldn't sleep and that was that was a that was challenging for me like as a young makeup artist and it was my first time doing it um I think there was one like in this whole in my whole makeup career that was a challenge for me
0: is that three days afterwards
3: yeah like well the night of The next day and then the next day like i i really struggled i struggled with it
1: was it was it someone that was close to you or was it like just you got called in to you know uh, do a job
3: um it was a little bit of both it wasn't close close like family but you know i just knew the person in the community and it was hard for me um but i i've done i've done you know more after that but I think that first one just initially it was hard so I even had questions I told my mom I was like I don't think I don't think I could do this again like, like it was really hard but then I got I got you know used to it because I started getting more calls because people my my makeup look natural so that's why I said I've never really had a, a cakey situation because even when I am doing more for funeral homes they, they often say that it looks natural, so they'll call me. But that first time, it was challenging because all, all I could think about was my loved ones, like, doing that on them. Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't sit well with me. But that, that was another challenge that uh, I wanted to mention that I did have um, while doing makeup in this in this career, makeup career.
1: So so you you the one responsible for my aunties go to, you know, wakes and stuff, and they say, uh they gotta look at it just like themselves. yeah
3: I, and I yeah I want I want this <laughs>
1: and uh, I, they, had a, they had a fixed up so nice
3: I do I want I do want them to look like themselves you know because that's the last time that they'll see them so I want to help them you know yeah. Send them out we're gonna send them off right
1: send them off right
3: yeah.
1: Great mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right
3: place.
1: I don't, so. <laughs> yeah, don't want to kill him
0: again with all the cakeyness.
3: oh that's a bar. That's
0: a bar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, man, you gotta put me on. You gotta put me on your phone now. I feel like this I'm a bar. Already, yeah. Hey, hour, <laughs> I see, the hour I already trying to. When you said you was in the gospel choir, and hit a little note on that Lupe. Too. So I was like, oh, okay. I see. Hey, I see what's hey. going on."
3: Hey, I
1: try. Hey. <laughs> like, like, like they say in church, you know, you I don't you don't want to make them glad two times. Glad to see you get up, and glad to see you right. sit Right. Exactly.
3: Exactly. Because if it be a couple of them, you we'll be ready for them. to
0: they down. But, yeah. But I don't. I don't want to kill them twice. Yeah. Twice. Um, with though, have you have you ever thought about or experienced? I have you ever thought about or experimented with uh like theatrical makeup or like i don't even know the correct term for it i don't know if it's theatrical makeup or stage makeup but like you know wounds scars stuff like that they use for film
3: um so i've never done the wounds and scars i do so i really do want to get good to the point where somebody asked me to go on two of them but i will say since she on here fee was the first person i did i did halloween makeup and you know she has nice cool, cool hair so i was like let's make you a lion was it a lion? i think it was a lion some type of feline it was a cat line something like that but she was the first
0: person
3: that that's
0: the ball huh feline Wordplay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So yeah, so like um that was my first time doing like dramatic makeup was on feast. I did the line on her for Halloween. And then I did a look on another client of mine, she wanted the mermaid look, so we made some scales. So I took like fish and I was taking the um the eye the eye um eyeshadow and we made like scales around it and then I did like the blue glitter and so so she looked like a mermaid. Um so that's that's really all I had like I've experienced I've had as far as dramatic makeup I've done Halloween makeup and then I've just done like the natural typical softies
0: come to get me some Halloween makeup come on look look
1: and I look i would be remiss if I didn't mention that like Matt using you your bag this past
0: weekend with the makeup so oh. hey, hey hey okay <laughs> where makeup I was in my bag with I thought you did. I thought you did the makeup for you, the gymnastics. oh yeah 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 yeah. I did. I did. I did. Yeah.
3: Okay, what, look, experience. okay then, look experience. Okay, need look, experience. I tried. I
0: tried. He did the man. So you did not exactly right. trade me uh, so exactly did- Oh, I'm
3: sorry.
0: All right. No more go on. Mama wasn't. Mama wasn't here. The show had to go on.
3: See there, fiasco. Show got go on. Um, yeah.
1: Show would have stopped with me because I want to know wanna know where to start.
3: You would have made it work. You would have no. made
1: it work.
3: The things we do for our <laughs> children.
1: No, I ain't saying I wouldn't do it. I'm just telling you, it's going to be messed up.
3: No, I'm not saying you wouldn't do it. I'm saying like it would look good because you were going to do it for your kids, your babies. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he said, okay. <laughs> See,
3: I'm, um, I got faith in you, though. I got faith in you. You know, yeah. you gotta be positive. You gotta be positive
1: yeah but look um Um,
0: go ahead matt i would you go ahead (laughs) ahead. (laughs) no i mean
1: um i was just gonna you know just kind of actually i know you kind of brought up micah uh, Mm a few times earlier but um i guess i was just gonna ask um what do you feel like has been the most significant lesson uh that you've learned Throughout this motherhood journey,
3: um, <clears throat> before I had Michael, I my patience was very, very thin, and sometimes it can still be thin. But with him being, uh, he's practically still a baby, but he he talks a lot, but he a uh, talkative baby. But with him being so young, just like because he was delayed. You know, as far as um, development, I, I had to learn patience because what I expected, like what I saw in other kids at a certain age, I didn't see that to let it on with Michael. So sometimes, you know, I would get frustrated, and I would cry. I'm like, "What's wrong with my baby?" But I just had to learn that. But all kids develop, you know, different stages, um, you know, their on time. And so just having him and working with him, and just like him teaching me okay, to be patient, like, it will happen at the time it's supposed to happen, and I had to learn that with anything in life, like, not just what I, you know, experienced with him, it's just, like, with anything in life, we can't rush it, like, when it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen, happen. and that's just with anything, so I think that's one of the biggest things I learned as a mom, like, okay, it's not on my time anymore, I have somebody somebody else that's depending on me, so... it's just one thing i learned it's not me no more it's not just
0: about me it's not when i want it to happen so it's going to happen when it's supposed to so how would you say you balance it all being a mother uh your career school leader how do you balance that all out and manage to make it work
3: um i have a good support team so my mom helps me his dad helps me um whenever if i got my mom get him his dad will get him um if i just need some mommy time his dad will get him because his dad plays music and michael loves music so he he loves being right behind his daddy so um yeah i I just have a good support team when i can't pick up you know when i can't do it they pick up the slack for me so I honestly don't don't need you know I don't I couldn't do it if I didn't have them like like even like now when I'm in school it may be times that I have to finish a paper and I I can't you know finish the paper and be there for my kids. so my mom will you know sometimes keep them for me and let me finish my schoolwork and then there are some days where I have him at home and I have to put him in the tub feed him put him in bed and it may be 10 o'clock at night but now that he's asleep it's just time for me to do my work. So and I and I don't get I don't go to sleep until I'm finished and then I start it over, the next day I go to work do it all over again. So um, I do really appreciate my support system. So when I'm not able to do it, they step in for me all the time. Yeah,
0: that's good to hear. That's dope. Being able to have that support system is is definitely dope. Definitely a plus. Um, I guess. You know balancing that all out what what does the future and i think you gave us a hint to this already but what does the future look like for you as a speech language pathologist uh you know majestic glam is it a practice where they make up done like what you know what you got coming up um well i just
3: got i just purchased a home in july so i have
0: hey shout out to you for that
3: yeah so i actually went back to the studio. this is actually where i'm sitting in right now so i'm still trying to get things together for it but um i mean it's, it is kind of i don't i don't take as many clients as i want to right now because of school yeah but i'm just looking at the fact of it won't last long i'll be done with that and there'll be more money in my pocket you know through makeup i can open up my bookings open up my availabilities i can open up my practice so I just want more money for me and my baby and my family. So, it, you know, we can live and not have to worry about a dime.
0: Yeah. And, and see God, family, money. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And it, it, it wouldn't be possible without God. So that's why I said I'm always, i my way. I got to reference him because yeah. it would not have been possible. Like, none of it. None of it. Even the, the talent. Like, I didn't even know this was a talent of mine. And people trusted me on their face. And, and you know guys just been showing up showing out and then the same with speech people trust me with their communication and and showing them the ropes so yeah. i just i thank god for it
1: um and i guess um I kind of feel led to uh just actually to i guess just end tonight just maybe give us some advice to somebody out there who may be you know walking a similar path uh, you know like you've walked um just kind of take a moment and just uh you know share with them and then after that we'll uh we'll get out of here
3: okay um so i don't know if you guys were on at the beginning but i talked about how i was on one path and i had to, to quit it and finish later and i know there is very cliche to say that it's delayed but not denied, but this one saying that i went by for the longest because just because it didn't work in one season god allowed us to work in another season so i will say that if it's not working right now that doesn't mean it's not for you it just may, it just may not be at this time but when the time is is ready when it's ready to happen God would allow it to happen and I have been Speaking of that all night because That's really how my life has went Like it didn't happen when I wanted it to happen I didn't quit God didn't allow me to quit Even when I thought okay it's okay It's not for me God showed me Another reason years later Of why He kept me on the path so No matter how long it takes If it's for you It will happen and God will show you the purpose And it happens
1: yeah. All of it. Amen. I
0: love it. <laughs> I, yeah, I love saying.
2: it. Yeah,
1: word of the week. Articulators. So um I mean, again, we can't thank you enough, you know, for taking time, you know, taking time out away from your baby. Um, you know, wrapping up your day we know your educators have a very, very long day. So uh thank you for agreeing uh to come on with us and talk and laugh and you know do all that that we do on here so um uh, like I said we appreciate it and uh if nothing else you know I know you learned me something I think I speak for Mac like you know uh you definitely, definitely taught, us, taught us something tonight so
0: we appreciate gave me a word and <laughs> gave um, me a word in the first five minutes you know taught me some some new <laughs> words um some inspiration we got some inspiration uh i'm sure some other people out there got some inspiration um just you know you seem like the ultimate professional both in your primary and secondary career and uh we that's what we doing this for like as i read earlier of sticks and stones is to showcase the stories of positive impact and inspire listeners through our public people taping the world for the better. We highlight diverse voices and share stories of those improving our community um, through these transformative conversations. So we're honored to have you on and you know we wish you nothing but the best going forward. And I'm gonna reach out for that song because I need them <laughs> vocals. All right, all
3: right. <laughs> um and I really appreciate y'all for having me. I really do. I had so much fun tonight. I really did. Um Yeah, like I really enjoyed it. And y'all helped me get out of my comfort zone cuz like I said I was not a public speaker, but y'all helped me get out. I might could talk on a few days. <laughs> hey, so. hey,
0: hey we we I, I went 37 minutes in we Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all helped me. Y'all helped me.
3: So, yeah. thank you all so much for having me.
1: You're welcome back it's anytime time. anything we got going on like I said let us know reach out um we want to use our platform to lift you know uh, everybody up so
0: um, especially when they practice yeah
3: for sure for sure for sure yeah. I gotta I got let y'all I may I'm gonna sponsor so y'all can put my information hey. on me too I gotta you know
1: you I gotta, I gotta me. yeah we need we need y'all to help sponsor so we can yeah. continue to use our articulators to bring y'all the news that you can use so
2: <laughs> okay
3: news that you can use i like that i like it okay okay oh.
1: rhyming
3: ministry
1: uh rhyming ministry yeah yeah i try. mac rubbing off on me you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh but yeah we're gonna let you get out of here uh everybody else we'll see y'all next week episode 42
0: be on the lookout uh for that announcement and uh, we'll hey, see y'all next week. Hold on, before we go one more time for our sponsor for this week, hey, himself, my boy Chaz. A, you know, you can find him on IG at of Wine, or you know, you can get that pound Chaz, and uh, you can see all the cuts pop up, see all the haircuts, uh you know, everything that he got, got going on. He also does photography too, so I know this is a barbershop promo, but I'm gonna give my boy the two for one. So, you need, you know, the wedding photos, graduation photos, whatever you need, hit him up. He traveled too. Four feet, not four feet. So, at the end, McCaskill, you know, 662 288 3692 2317, West University Drive, suite 173, then Texas. Pull up. Uh, They're man. We out, man. Yeah. It's her. It's Been proving it all these years, eluded all my fears. If ever they were hating, remove me from my peers. God, family, money's music to my ears. Faith, family, and finances, those my souvenirs. Been proving it all these years, eluded all my fears. If ever they were hating, remove me from my peers. God, family, money's music to my ears. Faith, family, and finances, those my souvenirs. Uh on my way to the top again They know they need me, but they can't see me This shit like oxygen, these lines could get offensive, I hope I never touch that block again, when hard times made me angry I wouldn't punch that clock again Riding with that Glock again, you never know who really shook, one once and now they talking tough, they sound like Dylan Brooks, I know the sky's the limit I don't care how the no look God, family, money, my hustle belong in Guinness books, all the gangsters snitching, no honor amongst the silly crooks, turn the English professors When they see how their
2: sinners look Faith, family, finances God, family, money Rule number one was always get it in the bun